and three, two, one. Welcome to The Peaceful Truth, the podcast where we talk about everything from women empowerment, feminism, and now gender equality, everything in between. I'm your host, Kenzie Meekbeck. I am joined today by Erin Roney. <laughs> Thanks for joining me, Erin. Thank you for having me. I have butterflies. You do? I'm nervous. Why? I uh, know. I'm just... I don't know. It's like that general because the thing. lights on you. No, yeah, I don't normally do podcasts with lights or just speaking with lights in general. It's kind of freaking me out. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I'm just used to this with production, so no, I'm surrounded fine. by lights constantly. You'll get used to it, I promise. <laughs> so the first thing I wanted to ask: you are actually our second man on Sec- the piece. Who's the first one? Can you guess? It's one of our friends. One of our friends, uh, Cody. Cody. Yes, I'm He's so He's talking good. about LGBTQ stuff. Dude, we had someone so, yeah, we had someone on my podcast, which is funny because it's two straight white dudes. Uh, Were you is, talking about LGBTQ? <laughs> yeah, and then, and then on the episode where we talked about uh, transgender issues, uh, we had another straight white dude. It was literally three straight white dudes. Um, Time to put on some diversity. I know. At least we did talk about how ironic it was that that's true. At we least were three straight white dudes, and we <laughs> at were at least you addressed it. Yeah, but this person is is more in the community, so he he felt like he had a good grasp on. Is on he bi? So. I I haven't asked him. I oh, didn't okay. ask. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> um, that's what I thought you meant by more in the community. No, like no. maybe you stepped his toe into no. it a little bit more I don't know. than I, other people have. I didn't ask. <laughs> um, so how do we know each other? Uh, I am your sister's husband, but we've yeah. known each other... Uh, For a long ass time. Yeah, 10 years. 11 now, right? Uh, yeah, no. probably 12 almost. When I did y'all start dating? 2006? 2006. So like 11 and, and a half, but 11 crazy. and three months or something like that. So almost, actually, it might even be 12 and three months. Yeah. Anyway. So I consider you my brother, though, even yes. though you're married to my sister. I still consider you and call you my brother. I feel like people at work get confused and think my brother and sister live together because I just refer to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, well, sorry, I, brother-in-law. <laughs> well, your brother and your sister have a child? <laughs> and they're probably like, what What state fuck? do they live in? <laughs> And is it still legal there? Washington. (laughs) Um, Okay. So we, I brought you on today because one, we like to talk about gender equality in general on the Mm -hmm. peaceful truth um, because it's kind of just about empowerment and gender roles in general. However you want to be, you can be. Mm -hmm. So first I want to talk about why you're on today. You know why you're on today. So what happened to you last year? That's the reason you're on today. (laughs) I had a child. Yay, my niece. I'm the proud owner of a six-month-old baby. Yeah, she's Uh, so cute. (laughs) She looks exactly like you. People say that. I feel like she looks somewhat like me, a little bit. I I like to joke that I wish she wouldn't look like me because Chelsea's more attractive. Oh, she'll be gorgeous. (laughs) Um, But... Yes, she's six months old. Uh, her name is Kate. Have you talked about her before? Yeah, several times. I, I figured you had. <laughs> Chelsea's been on, too. Yeah, yeah. Chelsea talked about her. Um, her name is Pepper. She's awesome. I don't know if Chelsea talked about how they get progressively better to be around. At first, it's like, it's really hard because you don't know what to do. And she's a blob. <laughs> she's a blob. <laughs> and you don't know what to do, in, in especially when you're me i'm like a much less emotional much more an analytical personality and so like she can't tell me what's wrong so i can't use processing to rational conversation decide (laughs) on what how to fix what's wrong 
And so even at six months old, she her cries are different, and the way she looks at you is a little bit different. So you could yeah. say, I believe I'm like 80 20, you're hungry. I'm 80 20, you're tired. And so it's a lot easier. I feel like every month it's easier and easier to kind of figure out what's going on. And so it's it's cool that she is now capable of expressing herself to a degree that I can at least respond to. Yeah. Um, and it's it's at least helped me be be a better parent, I think. I think Chelsea was always good at it. Oh, she uh, baby, she parented me. Yeah. So <laughs> she I mean, she's like she's she and I think that's one of the things that I was thinking about when I was trying to mentally gather my thoughts for today is uh I think there's something that clicks for mother. First of all, I think human females are just genetically more equipped to respond to infants. But that's that's more rational anyway. We're the ones that it comes out of. Like we should have a little bit of emphasis. <laughs> exactly. And and so but I was telling someone, you know, like whenever Chelsea would say, "Here, take this baby." I was like really uncomfortable and was like, I'm going to break it and I don't know what to do and I don't know if I'm making it happy or sad or whatever. And uh, then post Pepper, I feel like oh, I would be awesome at holding any babies. It's easy, but I have the practice now. Yeah. Right. Whereas Chelsea, I feel like she never needed the practice to hold a baby. Like it was always just she can hold a baby and it's, it's fine. Um, but I have a theory that um, that's one of the reasons why. Well, I have a theory that the things that uh, misogynistic men call women's work is just things that men aren't good at. <laughs> and so they want to, like, denigrate it, yeah. right? It's kind of like when, when if you think that somebody who does menial labor is beneath you. It's actually, a lot right. of times, you can't fucking do it. Am I allowed to cuss? Yeah, you can oh, cuss. okay, cool. It's like, oh, mechanics, like car mechanics, are like I'm better, I, I, you know, my job pays better, or I sit in an office and it's air-conditioned or whatever, but you also can't fix a car. So yeah. it's like, I, th I feel like people do that sometimes, and so I get this sense that, like, one of the reasons why child-rearing and being a good parent has been traditionally more headed up by women is because men are like, well, I'm not as good at it, so I'm just going to pretend like it's it's not worthwhile and I'm just going to let, let my wife do it. Right. Which is good that I think is, I think that's changing. Yeah, definitely. And back in the day, even though it was a difference, I feel like it was more viewed as a quality. Like you're good at that. I'm good at this. We're both equal. Like in, in native American culture back in long time ago. Yeah. yeah. And, and But then in our society, it was more of like a, I'm good at this. You're good at this. And because I'm good at this, this is harder and I'm better. Yeah. And you're just doing the, 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 whatever it is. Yeah. But it's, it's, and I think it's a little bit of an insecurity. Uh, it's, it's kind of like, because you do feel a little bit insecure, like, man, it really sucks when your baby's two months old, she's been crying for 30 minutes, you hand her to your wife and she immediately stops crying. <laughs> yeah, like I've it's seen really, it a few times. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes you feel like you get upset, right? Yeah. And so there's two different options you could take. And I think all men or humans in any case like this would, you kind of choose to either push away emotionally and just say okay fine you know i'm not doing that then and, and then you kind of just chip away at what you do and you just say okay you just keep giving the child to your wife or your spouse or whatever um but i think if you kind of fight it and say 
look, this is just how it is. It's this how it's going to be for a while. I still want to have the relationship that I want to have with her. I'll try to do better next time or just not take it as personally because it is hard at first. Yeah, uh, but eventually she'll probably be daddy's girl for a few years. For a little while. I'll probably go away after a little while, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm really nerdy. Like, I assume that she's really going to dislike that at some point. Well, maybe she'll be nerdy, too. It's true, but I even for my nerdy friends, they get annoyed by how <laughs> nerdy I am. So it's it could be hard. Yeah. I view Chelsea as nerdy, but she still hates the fact that I'm nerdy about really stupid stuff. Yeah. Right. Chelsea's nerdy in a balanced way. But actually, I feel like I don't know. I don't I feel like you're not giving yourself enough credit. Maybe. Um, so today I wanted to talk about kind of the discrepancies about how it's sexist for men too to be a father um, and what you've been going through because I've found that journey very interesting and what it also made me think of what I also want to touch on is what if you were a gay couple um, so I guess if you want to go into what you've been experiencing when you go out in public with your daughter yeah so I would say one thing that I would caution people for is anytime What's the best way to put it? There's a famous, it's actually a super famous case. I forget the name of the case, but uh, Ginsburg argued it in front mm. of the Supreme Court. So she was, she was the head of the women's rights division at the ACLU. Right. And she argued a case uh, in front of the Supreme Court in which a man's wife had passed away and he wasn't able to collect her spousal benefit. She, I forget, she worked for some organization that was government run. Mm -hmm. And if a man had passed away, the wife would re receive spousal benefits from the federal government. His wife had passed away and he was not able to receive spousal benefits. Which is bullshit. Which is bullshit. <laughs> but let us not well, the one thing I want to caution is that despite the fact it was bullshit for him in that specific case, the sexism itself was originally against women, right? It was right. because they assumed that men are going to be in this profession. They assume that women need spells. Oh, yeah. Benefit, right? You know what I'm saying? It's so, bullshit from both perspectives. And so that's why I say the thing that we I brought up the other day is why we, we ha wanted to have this discussion is the fact that a lot of men's restrooms and a lot of public places don't have changing tables. Correct. I still feel like it's sexist towards women. It comes from the the place of being sexist against women, right? Because it's assumed women take care of the babies, so you don't need a changing table in the men's restroom. Does that make sense? While it impacts yeah. me because I enjoy it, like, and that's the thing that I was going to kind of say too, as a father – some things you can't do, like breastfeed, and there's some things that you're not as good at. Like Chelsea, I feel like she's always 10% happier with Chelsea, right? At least right now. But I'm really good at changing diapers, and I like doing it, and I don't dislike it, and the smell doesn't bother me and whatever. And so when we're out and about, Chelsea likes to ch to feed her, and I like to change her. Right. Right? And so even though it's impacting me and kind of you know, hurting my ability to spend time with my daughter. And I like playing with her while I change her and stuff. At the end of the day, it's, it was still always born out of this assumption that women are totally the, the, the spouse who takes care of the babies. So 
we <laughs> we've been interrupted a few times by technical errors, but let's go over this again. <laughs> On Yelp, um, or what do you do after you go to these places, and why do you do this? <laughs> yeah, so I I don't use Yelp. I use Google. Oh, okay. But same difference. Right. Uh, I I always give them one stars, and in the comments, I just put does not have a changing table in the men's restroom. Um, now what's cool, and this is. This is good. Um, many women don't mind. Like I've asked women before, like w- they'll go in to the women's restroom and I'll say, hey, do you mind if when you're done, let me know if anyone's in there. Can you stand outside while I just go change her real quick in, in your restroom or whatever? And they all have said yes. I've only done that once or twice. Um, but I feel like that kind of goes hand in hand with like letting people choose the restroom that they want to choose that's best for them. Why don't you do that with no regrets if the establishment doesn't let you? I know you're being respectful to women. Yeah, no, it's not that I don't do it with no regrets. It's that I want to make sure. I just want to be as respectful as I can be. And I feel like the best way is to act. It's not... It's not their fault. Yeah, and I feel like it's more... You have a better an even better reason if you have chosen to live a different lifestyle to choose the bathroom that you want to choose whereas um this is like a one-off scenario where i'm at a place that doesn't have a changing table in the men's restroom and i kind of want to be respectful and say hey i'm of a, that right that they want yeah. yeah that i'm a man and that i would like to just go in there to use the changing table but would you mind checking to see if anyone's right. in there right. right yeah that makes a lot of sense um so what do you think like Let's say a uh, LGBTQ couple either made it, uh, they made their child or adopted a child in their only yeah. <laughs> source. Like their partner is not a woman and they identify as a man. Like, what do you think? So I think in, those in that scenarios? case, I'd be a little bit more militant about it. Uh, <laughs> so now I think you could be super militant about it and just always go in the women's restroom and just be like, you guys did not accommodate my needs. I am going to just walk in. Men's restroom doesn't have it. Go get out the door. Go in the women's restroom. But I feel like most gay men are not going to feel comfortable with that because they want to be respectful of other people, right? And at the yeah. one hand, it's not the women's fault who's sitting in that restroom that the public establishment chose not to put a put a changing table in the men's restroom. So uh, I even had a place that didn't have a men's uh, like changing table in the men's restroom suggest that I do it just on a bench outside. And I was like, on the one hand... Oh, I think I was with you. Yeah. I was like, on the one hand, I don't really want to do that. But on the other hand, that is kind of like the justice that they deserve is they should have to let all of their other patrons watch a baby get their poopy diaper changed in a restaurant on a bench because they chose not to put a changing table in the men's restroom. Uh, So I would say... In that case, you might be a little more militant about it and just be like, you walk in, there's no chaining table, you walk out, find the most public location you can, fucking put them on your (laughs) dining table Mm -hmm. and change them on the dining table. And when they get mad at you, just say, there was no chaining table in the men's restroom. Have you ever Um, thought about doing stuff like that? I haven't. I haven't gone quite that far because I'm not... I would say, despite the fact that I'm very outspoken and I love to argue with people, that's not my (laughs) style as much. Uh... My style is more, we'll have the discourse on Google if you want to like, you know, refute my review or whatever, um, or discussion about it. I don't want to just like protest, I guess is not as much my style, but, um, 
Yeah, so it, I think it is harder for uh, same-sex couples who aren't afforded the same. It's like the same, like a lot of laws in this country. Sure, now that we have uh, spousal benefits and you know equality of marriage um, in the United States and U.S. v. v. Windsor, that still doesn't mean that like adopting or birthing children is easy for same-sex couples. There's still lo- many laws in the books that assume that the parents are different sexes and like give the mother longer time. Yeah. Basically discriminate on how that, uh, you know, let's, that's a perfect example, like how your maternity and paternity leave is divvied up based on the sex. Now I think it should be based on the birthing party, but then that also doesn't make sense because if you are two men, I still feel like it's really essential for at least one of those parents to get to spend quality time taking care of the child before sending them to daycare or something like that. So I feel like it should be a hundred percent equal if we're moving toward this type of mentality in society, which it should be, it should be equal amount of time. There's a strong argument for uh, equal family leave for new children because there's still unconscious discrimination against women because their maternity leave is longer. So if you take... Right. It always it returns back to that. <laughs> exactly. It still returns back to that, that at the end of the day, even though, like, say, Microsoft, I personally feel like difficulty-wise and relationship-wise, it makes cosmic philosophical sense for the mother to get more time, right? That's the way it feels to me. But there's an argument to be made that at a company, say Microsoft, where the mother gets five months and the, excuse me, father gets three months, there's an unconscious uh, higher rate of discrimination against young women because they take longer family leave on average, right? Whereas if all the men and all the women had five months off, then any young man you hire or any young woman you hire is- Could take that much. Could take that much and is equally likely, you know, to take that much. Um, when they do, you know, decide to take their family leave. So I think that's kind of a problem too. But there's like in my inner inner self, I just feel like mothers should still get longer just because I feel like um, genetically they are, as a matter of fact, better and more necessary to the survival of the infant. I mean, maybe, but in adopted homes too, I feel like they still deserve that equality to same be that role for them and get that um adaptation which washington is actually i should have refreshed myself on this law unless you got it i should have too i haven't quite got it down but but like in it's kind of like an insurance policy i guess where you like have to put a certain amount of your salary away um Mm. and, and correct me if i'm wrong and then that will be spent toward certain people's leave in the future and that applies to family leave and paternity leave and maternity leave and even if you adopt a child you get the same amount of time as if you had a child i yeah. think i believe i'm afraid i said kind all of like no no <laughs> i i would say as long as you have the disclaimer i'm not sure i believe it's like it's almost like social security where you put there's a there's a line item on your pay stub that says you know yeah. family leave benefit yeah. washington state Um, And so it's kind of like Social Security, whether you're Bill Gates or one of us and whether or not you're going to pull from Social Security, you pay those Social Security taxes on your income. So it's the same thing. Whether or not you plan on having a family or not, those taxes come out. It's kind of like an income tax. Which I'm fine with. I don't know for sure if I'll ever have a family, but keep on 
for everyone else. <laughs> and honestly, it's really small. And I think yeah, it's, it it's just like any other tax where depending, there is like a, a poverty line level where you wouldn't have to pay it and yet you could still get the benefits, which I think is, is reasonable in my mm-hmm. opinion. But it's like $5 per pay period, which is, it's not zero, but it's also not something that's going to break your bank. And it's good for both you and other people. And the way I like to look at it is it's kind of like education. It's kind of like school. Whether or not you have children, you want to live in a society where people are educated. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's the same thing. I want to live in a society where people are able to spend that quality time with their children. And I feel like there's plenty of studies that show a long-term benefit for children that are able to spend a lot of quality time with their parents in those first few months. Um, I honestly feel like I'd be for it being longer. Hmm. Um, The way it works in Washington is that now, say you're at a company that gives you more than the amount, I think it's 12 weeks or is it eight weeks? It's something like that. Really small. It's pretty small. Um, Maybe it's four, four or eight weeks, something like that. But if you're a company that already has a family leave policy, uh, you as a company draw on those taxes up until that point, mm. and then uh, you pay the rest. So Microsoft, for example, already did five months, but they would draw on those taxes for the first month, yeah, and then and then they'd come out of their stuff for four months, right? Yeah, um, which so. is a cool policy. What do you feel about that? Was my other question about paternity leave and that difference? I guess we did kind of just touch on it. So I was going to bring up. I was like, do you feel like it's unfair that oftentimes it's shorter, but in the end, you kind of don't necessarily. You're, yeah, that's you're what I said. Great. You're great. <laughs> yeah, I'm great. I feel like <laughs> in the cosmic philosophy, I think it makes sense for mothers to get more in the fact that like. If you were in the wild, it's clear that women, the the mother, is more genetically required or naturally required than the man because the infant would literally not be able to survive without their mother. Back in the, in the day. Yeah, back in the day. Now you can get now, formula. Now formula <laughs> or even donated milk, right? Yeah. So it is, there is less of a requirement. But part of that like fundamental natural relationship between mothers and their newborns makes me feel like mothers don't just deserve but are also like should get more time mm-hmm. i don't know how else to explain it because i don't have I know I, I i get that no i get it but then i also feel like i just think about uh, like a same-sex couples and then i feel a little well, bad about s- thinking that so way. yeah yeah because in my opinion i would say well to they both deserve as much time as i think i did if they adopt yeah. a baby if i had a baby i would want those two guys to have as much time as i did so i would still change the policy where the guys get the max if they're if they're in a relationship Does no that make both sense? of them yeah Okay. I you could maybe work out where you say one of them does and one of them doesn't, which is again, this is why. But any that then puts the roles in place of traditional society, which often, sometimes, same-sex couples can avoid altogether. See, yeah, you make an interesting argument here because my favorite, and this is goes into my nerdiness, but my favorite Supreme Court case of all time is Brown versus Board of Education. Yeah. And that is where the famous quote comes from that is separate is inherently unequal. And what they are basically saying is you have two kids, one white kid, one black kid. They Mm -hmm. both go to school. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, what they were saying is all the cases up before that were, hey guys, the black school is worse. That's not cool. And the Supreme Court was like, yeah, not cool. Brown versus the board was the first time they said, it actually doesn't matter whether the black school is better or worse. It doesn't matter whether it's 
closer or farther from the kid's home. It doesn't matter whether it's big or small. It doesn't matter the teacher ratios. The fact that you separated these two children on a basis, on any fucking basis, is inherently unequal. And so that's kind of where you get where we will probably get to a point where family leave will be called family leave and it will not be separated between men and women. Yeah, which I personally don't think it should, even though I understand your argument. And that's what I'm saying. It's not really my argument because I think I think to live in a society, that's why we have rules like this. And I think eventually it should be a place where it should be the same. But I do think that there is a cosmic, uh, you know, stronger relationship between a mother and her infant. And I, and I feel for that. And I, that kind of makes me say like, I don't mind it affecting me today, but I can see how eventually we'll get to the point where it's equal because that's the best way to ensure that society isn't functioning unfairly. Yeah. And actually I just read about this really interesting case and I thought this podcast was going to be short, (laughs) but then you keep bringing interesting points in. Um, So um, have you heard about the most, it actually was one of Emily Anderson's friends, parents who did this where they're uh, really good, I think in the gynecology field and for a lesbian couple, the child was conceived in one uterus, like not like, you know, sex, but like, you know, scientifically. And then, and then it was eventually at a certain age transferred to the other mother. And then she carried it to full term. Fascinating. So like what happens there? Yeah. So, uh, that's why, again, you can make these arguments that it doesn't feel right that it should be equal, but it's all, it's just always better in the long run. It's the same thing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, I get what you're coming from. Right. But in the end. Yeah. yeah. In the end, it's better to be equal in the long run so that you don't even have to ask questions like that. Who's the real mother? Doesn't matter. You both get the same benefits. And they're both right? the real mother. Yeah. And that's the same thing with like when it when we didn't have equal rights for uh, gay and lesbian couples. Uh it was like, well, one of them is marriage and the other one is what, what I can't even remember what they called it because oh, I don't even care. Um, civil they, union. Civil union. Whatever they called it, not this, not equal rights, right? And so then you run into the same thing. Like, well, does it really matter that they're two dudes that they shouldn't get the same right or, or rights or two women? Like, no, it doesn't matter. Like, they're two people. They love each other. They should get the same rights as any two other people who love each other. Yeah. Right. And so, however, I go back to saying the Supreme Court would say, even if you give them the same rights, you still have to call it the same word because separate is inherently unequal. So either which I agree with, I agree with everyone needs to either. I said I'm willing to make everyone go to civil unions. I don't give a shit what the word is called. You could call it eyeballs. For all well, I that's because you're because we're like atheists agnostic. So <laughs> well, th- again, I, if I were religious, I would be for that, too, because it's like, yeah, then I can pretend that marriage is this, you know, sacred thing. And when it's a government assigned or government uh, I don't know what do you want to call it government contract union. Yeah. It's called a civil union, but then you, when you go to church and the church decides to sanctify it, it's a marriage. Like I don't care what it's called in the legal sense. Um, you make an interesting case though <laughs> that I'm going to bring up and make it even longer <laughs> about uh, taking the the fetus and moving it from one mother to an- another. Isn't that cool though? That's fucking cool. Um, I've this is a little snarky. Uh, but I'm fairly pro-choice, and uh, I've often joked that 
if people who were pro-life really cared, they would invest more money in uh, what I would call uterine replicators. That is, things that act as a uterus but are not a human being. And then so I would when say, the baby, you could take it out. Yeah, you could say, I want, I, I, I don't, you know, you wouldn't call it abortion, but you say, I do not want to carry this fetus to term. And they would say, okay, that's fine. We, as the state, cannot force you to carry it to term, but we as the state do reserve the right, just as like an orphan child, the state reserves the right to keep that child alive and, mm -hmm. and put them in mm -hmm. an orphanage and try to care for them. Yeah. And then, right? We reserve the right to bring them to term and put them up for adoption or whatever and so i Weird. feel like but then at the same time if you're p purely pure pro-choice the woman could have not wanted that baby to come into that world do you think that's her right so yeah. and like i'm not sure i've never thought of what you're so i'm not going to speak on my opinion but like let's say she was raped and she thought the guy was evil it's like ted bundy's child and like w yeah what do you that's a more difficult philosophical discussion i would say uh and she knows yeah. that this child that she was raped is, is exists out there and it's just out there. And also inherently, I think why some women do it again, I am not saying my opinion one way on the other. Um, why some women do it is because they just don't want the baby to have ever existed. And yeah, no, naturally I mean, you'll feel guilt. No, that's a fake. That's I mean, why they don't choose adoption sometimes. So that's a really good, I mean, a really good argument is that, Regardless of whether you can afford it or not, some women choose to have abortions not because they don't want to care for the child, but because they literally have, have had such a shitty life, they don't want to bring a child into the world. Yeah, or they just is, don't want one at all to be present. Exactly. Like they want it to reverse. So that's an interesting argument. Uh, you'd probably get into stuff like, well, then do you have you know, uh, dominion over your DNA once it is born or before, you know what I'm saying? Like, at I what don't point, know. It's really weird. I know. At what point can you decide that be whatever the circuit, I would, I would even take rape out of it and just say, does a, does a mother have the right? Yes or no hmm. to say whether or not the a child human life exists. Yeah. yeah. I don't but know. If we I bring mean. uterine replication down to day one, then you're going to have to answer that question. And either that, whether you're raped or not, that question is either yes or no, or here's the laws. And I would just say, I would keep rape out of it. It's either you have this right in these circumstances, up until this point or not up until this point. I feel like it will develop then three different opinions. Probably, it will. I mean, there will be different opinions. But I, I also say, let's make the world such a good place, people who are pro-life, that no one would really want to make that decision. You should make the federal government so good at caring for children, feeding them, giving them a place to live, clothing them, educating them, that, that literally no one would say they don't want their DNA to survive. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's one of my other problems with the whole pro-life movement is it's, there's a famous nun who once said that, I don't remember the exact quote, but at the end she said, you're not pro-life, you're pro-birth. Right. Because they support policies that force people to have to birth children's children, but then they don't support policies that actually care for and help make those children succeed. I have heard this argument. So, <laughs> so anyway, I know that's like way off topic. No, but, but I think it's I think it's still an interesting point. Plus, I was 
fascinated that science has progressed that far where yeah, you can cool. transfer and they could both feel like they carried it at one point. I also think I'm a little bit, I, I may be even more feminist than you on one thing. What? I think that in the discussion of an abortion, the man, married, boyfriend, dead, alive, whatever, has zero say whatsoever. I never said that. I know. Oh, okay. I was, <laughs> I was like, say, I never said that one way or the other. I was just going to say that's a fairly extreme position. Most people don't. They, they think that they should have some say. Zero. Why? Literally none. Uh, because it's, it doesn't impact them. They don't have to carry it to term. I but l- wouldn't you, like, what if Chelsea secretly got an abortion? Uh, I would probably be upset with her, but I don't think I have any right to change her what she can or cannot do with her own body. Okay. So I would discuss it with her. That would be a discussion between us. That I, but I don't think there should be any legal recourse for me. Right? I don't think I should be allowed to sue her and say, you terminated a pregnancy against my wishes. Like, my wishes don't have any... I, I don't think I, I'm allowed to have any legal wishes. Even though there, it's half the DNA... You still don't think that. Correct. Okay. Why is that? Uh, because, again, it's, that it's, my, it's my general stance on abortion that you cannot force a human being to do one or another thing mm-hmm. against their will. Like, it is her body. It is her everyday ca- calories that she intakes are going towards growing. And it, it sounds a little harsh. It, I feel like I'm being a little harsh about it. but No, it I mean, it's a, a feminist harsh, podcast, but, and it's about talking about gender so yeah but i i abortion can be a topic i do agree though if you researched uterine replicators and the woman said i cede my right to this tissue and the man said i would like to fund putting the tissue the fetus in in a uterine replicator bringing it to term and taking care of it then I would say he has every right to, to ask for that. Do you feel like the state should always pay for if uh, the parents didn't want the kid? Do you feel like the state should fork up the money uh, if there was a uterine? My stance would be, has always been, if we ever got to a place where uterine replicators existed. and Do you think that's possible? Yes. That's cool. Yeah, I think it's possible at, at some yeah. point. At some point. If we ever get to that point. W- sorry, th- when we get to that point. <laughs> Um, be hopeful <laughs> yeah i feel like and let's just be honest conservatives if conservatives wanted to pass legislation to pay to bring children to bring babies to uh, term bring fetuses to term and also with that legislation enough money to help that child succeed in life where i feel like that's a su- sufficient uh dollar amount for food and for clothing and for shelter and for education till 18 till 18 then i would vote for that um, because I think that's a lofty goal, and I like that idea. I think life is important. I think it's great if if we have, a, like, if we as a society feel like it's important. My problem is I don't. Th- unfortunately, I don't think that that's actually what they want. I think that that's what they pretend to want, but I don't know that they actually would do that. Yeah. Um, sadly. But I would. I would vote for that. And, I, and, I, and if it was an option between a president who would put money into researching uterine replicators or not, I would research uterine replicators. And that's why like most pro-choice people are not pro-abortion. We just don't think that the federal government or any government has the right to tell a human being what they can or cannot do with their own body. And 
if mm-hmm. we get to a point where scientifically we can care for and cherish that life, then I think that there should be a discussion philosophically about then what is a human being's dominion over the DNA that they have placed uh, in a fetus. A whole nother thing. That's a whole nother thing. <laughs> but, um, but that's interesting, though. But that would be cool. And um, yeah, so uh, yeah. I like it. It's a good thought experiment to turn things on people. Like, how about instead of hating abortion, why don't you put all your money towards making it so abortions never happen? Because we have all of these awesome technologies that make it where you can care for every fetus you've ever wanted to care for. Have you ever had that topic with someone? I have. They don't like it. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) Well, I feel like it wouldn't also be as uh, friendly because in theory... It's based upon religion. And in theory, that's like messing with the fate that God determined somehow. It depends. I think most religious people in the United States still embrace technology to a fairly large degree. You've got certain sects of religions like Christian science people do not do vaccines and they do no medical. Fun fact, Ellen DeGeneres' family was Christian. Really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty against that. Uh, and that's actually well, another, she's obviously not there anymore. <laughs> I have a pretty but. extreme uh, view on that too. Like, if you're like, see, that's true. That's a thing too. Like, parents, they have the right to refuse medical care for their their children. I do not think they should have that right. Actually, I yeah, think that I, like yeah. it's really not cool that a six year old dies because their parents are fucking morons. That's not cool. Yeah, so, I agree with that too. <laughs> yeah, so there's a certain degree to which as long as you're being a responsible human being, which declining advanced modern medical care is not being a responsible human being, then you should be allowed to influence your children however you'd like. But yeah. I feel like that is something that puts them in danger and we should not allow that, and yet we do allow that. Yeah. Um, let's see if there was anything else. Um, I actually think that was pretty much it. So I wanted to recommend your podcast. So what's your podcast? My podcast. Okay, let me plug it really good here. Yeah, plug um, it. It's time for you it to really plug. Well. God, Aaron, uh, what an idiot. Because <laughs> that was an adverb on the word plug. Um, <laughs> Get it so, together. <laughs> so uh, it's two, two straight white dudes. It is. Who think that people care what we think. Um, So it's exactly what you would think it would be when you're in a room with two straight white dudes. And And you're like, what do they talk about? Stupid stuff. (laughs) It's called Still Got Nothing. Uh, We like to self-deprecate because it makes us realize that we're part of a wave of people. Yeah. And it's while there is this kind of like joke that straight white dudes think that people care what they think, it's true. We do think that. And it's kind of not cool. Do you feel like that? Do I feel like people care? Uh, no, not, not because, because of I'm your straight, whiteness. Not, not because I'm straight or white, <laughs> but because I think that when you're straight, white, and a and a male, you have lived a Certain sufficiently life. comfortable life mm-hmm. where you get to a point where you're mm-hmm. bored enough to do a podcast. Does that make sense? Does that mean I'm bored enough no, to do a podcast? No, no, because you. Ours is called Still Got Nothing, and it's literally <laughs> about nothing. It's literally about two straight white dudes talking about shit. So you at least have a topic, 
and like are interviewing people about things that matter. Whereas, oh, you guys talk about stuff that matters. Don't sell yourself short. Sometimes, sometimes, but don't self-deprecate within your plug, man. You gotta get viewership. <laughs> I know, but I think it's good to be at least uh, self-aware of the fact that you started a podcast at the same time that a bunch of other. It's easy to do, mm-hmm. but you also have to like kind of be self-aware that like your opinions probably aren't that diverse. Which is why I needed a man on my paternity podcast. Yeah. And it's real hard for us. Not as hard as it is for women. Because I think it's more of a travesty that there are probably like 90% of mothers in this country that get less than four weeks of family leave, which is ridiculous to me. Yeah. Than my complaints about changing tables in men's restrooms. But um, we cover everything, so everything gets yeah. attention. It, it should be a year, just if we're if we're gonna give it. It should be a year. A year. Yeah. If in you know you take our government to affinity, then maybe men are a year as well. But women should be a year, no question. Mm. It would be nice, but we'll should see if be. that ever happens. Um, how can people find you? Do you plug your social media or not really? Oh, not really. Uh, but yeah, our podcast is called stillgotnothing.com. Okay, cool. And uh, my screen name on everything is Twitchax. Yeah. T-W-I-T-C-H-A-X. I've never asked why it is that. Oh. Is it inappropriate? It's not. Okay. But good question, because it would be funny if it was like, well, I had this butt plug, <laughs> and I nicknamed it Twitch. <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> I was like, is it like some sort of like sexual <laughs> organ? I'm not sure no, what the name no. is. <laughs> um, I was even more ADHD in middle school and I played the saxophone. And Were you diagnosed ADHD? I was. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I, and I even took medicine for a little while, but then... Oh. So here's now the thing. Now I feel like a bad sister. I had no idea you had it. Oh, Kenzie will tell you that I'm really <laughs> OCD about water behind the sink. Yeah. I tell people that Chelsea made me that way. She's the one that enforced the rule. And shift then and blame over here. I am shift and blame. I am displacing. I think no. that's the, the psychological. Th- I'm displacing <laughs> my failures on Chelsea. Uh, but yeah, I'm like really OCD about that. But it doesn't like negatively affect my day-to-day ability to live my life. And so Yeah, my OCD was heat sources. It's heat sources. Uh, yeah. I have to check them like Three times exactly. So that's getting that's borderline. I know. That's borderline affecting know. your life negatively. I know. But maybe. But that's hey, I'm never gonna burn down. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I was diagnosed ADHD, but um, I don't think I was enough on the spectrum of ADHD that medicine was actually helpful. I took medicine, mm. and it didn't really change my behavior, and I am perfectly well enough to get along with my daily life. Like I wasn't. Like there are some people who and it was probably taken for school, and you're like really good at school, so exactly. Like my weird idiosyncrasies of being ADHD probably helped in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really make sense to take medicine. Okay, um, but I used to be even more so when I was in middle school, and so my buddies called me Twitch. Okay, and uh, saxophones. I played the saxophone. I was really nerdy about it. Oh. Still do, but I was nerdy about it. You call it your axe to be cool. Like it's my axe. Oh. Right, because guitarists they call their guitars their axe. Well, this was my axe. Was this also your like AIM? Yeah, it, I've used it for everything my entire life. You commit, life. like yeah, it, when you, when your thirteen year old self was like, "This is a good one." Yeah, <laughs> and then in high like, school there was right. a there was a brief moment when I was making my Gmail where I was like, "Should I be Aaron Rowney?" Twitch axe. So uh, you, that, still, you still you still use it. I committed. I still use that. That's my Twitter. 
yeah all that kind of stuff so i never asked that question i don't i don't post on twitter very often but i do post every once in a while so. okay cool well sweet yeah. and then we wrap up the podcast every time to say one thing we're looking forward to this week oh wow one thing we're looking forward to this week let's see um pepper has been sick pretty much for six weeks straight I am looking forward to the fact that she seems well right now. I'm looking forward to at least a few more days of her being well <laughs> before she, because she's really fun, like not fun, like for herself, I get excited about how bright her eyes are and how excited about things she seems to get. She is really in a good mood lately. Exactly. But when she gets sick, it's like, she's still fun and she plays, but she doesn't, she's not, she's not really not. getting mm. into it. She's not feeling a hundred percent. So I'm looking forward to her, you know, being a hundred percent over the next few days. See, that's very selfless as like a single person with no children or that's okay. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm looking forward to decorating my apartment. <laughs> that's, hey, that's still cool. That's awesome. <laughs> You should be looking forward to that. It's going to be a blast. Okay, well, thanks, guys, for tuning in. Bye.